You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. The reason there's cursing, the reason there's sickness, the reason there's death and disease and suffering in the world is because of sin in our lives. Sometimes you suffer as a result of your own sin, and sometimes you suffer as a result of other sin. But mark my words, the reason there's a curse in the world is because men broke covenant with God Almighty. If you're honest, you have to agree that this world is pretty broken. There's sickness, suffering, and pain. People look out for themselves before trying to help others. It's a hard place. Well, today, Pastor Gary reminds you that the reason why the world is so bad off is because of sin. Whether from your choices or the sins of others, the brokenness in your life is caused by an unwillingness to follow God's way, choosing our own instead. So experiencing true prosperity requires aligning ourselves with God's plan again. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Genesis chapter 26, as he begins his message, God's Pathway to True Prosperity. We're in Genesis 26. Before I read the scripture, let me preface the reading of the scripture by simply saying, right now in the world, and really, I think September the 11th of 2001, began a shift in the world, a, a power grab, if you will. Everybody in the world is looking for power, looking for their place of prominence, looking to uh, level the scales, if you will, uh, looking for a way to level the playing field. People who feel disenfranchised want to take uh, empires down so that they might have a chance at what they might define as their ideal form of, quote, success. Amen. And uh, America has been for many decades now the envy of the world. The envy of the world. And it's no surprise that when you become the envy of the world, you create enemies. Uh, you don't just create enemies without, you create enemies within. And uh, sad to say, although America may be, in some regards, the envy of the world in terms of materialistic blessing and superpower status, spiritually speaking, we are anything but the envy of the world. Uh, we are living in what I would describe as shameful days in our history right now. Uh, very shameful what our government is doing, what we are allowing our government to do to us. And I'm not going to get too political. I'm going to try to stay biblical here, but I need to say something, amen, that America does need to repent. We need to turn back to the God of heaven, and we need to give our all back to him. And we need to know where our blessings came from, and we need to secure those blessings in his name. Amen, church? And so with that being said, let's begin reading Genesis chapter 26. And verse number 17, Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. 
And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence, verse 22, and digged another well. This is, if you're counting, the third well, right? And uh, for that they strove not... And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Notice the last part of verse 22 where it says, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. God's children say amen to the reading of God's word. Today I want to speak to you on this subject on God's pathway to true prosperity. God's pathway to true prosperity. Now I know that when a preacher gets up to start preaching on health, wealth, and prosperity, he automatically gets a lot of criticism because of the assumptions that are made about his motives or intent. But rest assured that I will strive to be balanced in my perspective on this, that I'm not going to try to give you a sugar pill that will cause you to feel better about yourself and celebrate all of your Uh, assumed successes uh, that you can muster up in the energy of your own flesh. But I am interested in learning what the Bible has to say about God's intentions to bless his people. So if you're with me, church, let me know. All right, so God's pathway to true prosperity. Notice in verse 22, he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, And we shall be fruitful in the land. And I can tell you right now that for the child of God, the only way that you will ever be prosperous is because the Lord makes room for you to be able to do so. Amen. Uh, And and before you get too cynical of this concept or this idea that God wants to bless his people, I need to address this because we've become so critical of this uh, health, wealth, and prosperity doctrine that we're afraid to even teach on it at all. In fact, we might even go on to the other side of the ditch and glory in our poverty and glory in our ruin and in our wreck and glory in the fact that we're struggling and barely able to pay our bills. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to present a not a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, but a gloom, doom, and despair gospel. 
where I'm more spiritual than you because I have to struggle more than you. And if you have my struggle, you pray more and you be closer to God. But because you have prosperity, you got idols in your life. I don't have no idols. I'm better than you. You might as well just go ahead and say amen, church. And we can go to either side of this ditch, but in the Bible, there's always balance to every truth and every subject, and that's where you want to park your car. Amen. And so let's look at Psalm 35 and verse 27. Let me just read it to you for sake of time. I don't want you to be distracted by trying to find it in your Bible. Verse 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I want you to know that God takes no pleasure in you being broke and, and, and busted and disgusted. Can I get an amen? Uh, let, me ask you, let me ask it to you this way. In God's original creation, when he created mankind, did he create the world with the sin and all of its consequences that came with it? Or did he create a perfect world where there was a paradise in the garden and everything was provided for man as he fellowship with God? You don't have to answer it out loud. But if you are a Bible student, you know that God makes all things well and God makes all things perfect. If you look at his original design, it wasn't that we would scrape along and live in poverty and we would be defeated and we'd be sick all the time and, and all this kind of stuff. It was that we would enjoy the presence of God as he manifests his giving in our lives and blesses us to the fullest extent that he wants to. But something happened. Sin entered into the picture. And ever since that day, men have been striving to uh, achieve what they might call blessings outside of the favor and approval of Almighty God. And so men build their kingdom empires and they accumulate wealth and they call it success, uh, not knowing uh, that even as the rich man in the New Testament said, I, I have filled up my barns and I tell you what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to build bigger barns. And, and the Bible said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. In other words, you can have all the money in the bank, but if your soul is bankrupt, you still missed out on what real biblical prosperity is all about. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have only two nickels to rub together and the God of heaven filling my soul with joy unspeakable and full of glory than I had all the money that this world has to offer, but yet God sent leanness to my soul. Amen. For the Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm telling you, if you looked at my net worth, it might reflect in the negative for all the debt that I've accumulated. But let me tell you, if you look at my soul, you would conclude that I'm more than a billionaire in the eyes of God because of the blessings that the gospel has brought to my life. I mean, he's given me a peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. He's given me hope for the future. He's given me a purpose for my existence and that's more than most of these billionaires and these Rockefellers can have to say about themselves. Amen, church. Uh, and I'm interested in knowing God's pathway to biblical and true prosperity. First of all, I want you to see the pattern that was left for God's people. Amen. The pattern. If you look at verse 18, the Bible said, Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had 
digged in the days of Abraham, his father. Amen. There was a pattern of biblical prosperity left in place for future generations. And Isaac, uh, he didn't just start with any place he wanted. He didn't just go out in the middle of a field and say, any, many, mighty, mo, I think that's a good spot right there. No, uh, he did some research and he found out, now where's that well uh, that my daddy raised me on? Uh, where's that well that them Philistines uh, were so foolish to clog up after my daddy died? Amen. Uh, I need to have another drink of that well. Amen. And he had enough sense to know uh, that if God blessed his father, then he would, God would bless him too if he served the same God that his daddy served. Amen. Uh, and he had a pattern left after him. You know what church is about this morning? Church is about this generation leaving a pattern for the next generation so that they might know where the blessings are, where they might know where the God of heaven is, how they can get in touch with him. Amen. I'm telling you, we need to leave a pattern for the next generation. Uh, amen. And, and Isaac had the advantage and the benefit of a spiritual heritage, a spiritual legacy that his father had with God. Amen. Isaac, watch this. Isaac patterned after Abraham in verse 18. We've already pointed that out. But let me ask you a question. What was so significant about Abraham? Do you remember the scripture, Abraham believed who? God, and it was counted to him for what? For righteousness. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Did you know that God can't bless outside of righteousness? Amen. In other words, if you want the fullness of God's express uh, blessings in your life, you're going to have to deal with the sin account. The reason there's cursing, the reason there's sickness, the reason there's death and disease and suffering in the world is because of sin in our lives. Sometimes you suffer as a result of your own sin, and sometimes you suffer as a result of others' sin. But mark my words, the reason there's a curse in the world is because men broke covenant with God Almighty. And what Abraham did is he reestablished a covenant with God, his creator, by placing his faith in God Almighty. And so because he placed faith in God, God counted it to him for righteousness. That is, uh, his sins were forgiven. His sin debt canceled. And God was then able to begin to release the flow of blessings in Abraham's life that sin had previously kept him from experiencing. I want to tell you what, when God hit my family with the gospel, things picked up at the Caudle House. Amen. I, I remember the poverty that we was in. I remember how my father used to waste his money away on drinking and partying and living it up. Uh, but something happened when daddy came home from work one day uh, under Holy Ghost conviction uh, and the God of heaven arrested his soul uh, and he began to take his family to church. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, when God saved him, he changed his desires, amen, uh, and he didn't want to spend his money on the things he used to spend his money on, uh, and so he started spending his more of his money on taking his family to church and, and buying his kids the clothes they needed and that kind of thing, and I'm telling you, the blessings of God begin to show up at the Caudal House because the gospel reversed the curse of sin and its effect, and I'm telling you, if you want real prosperity, you'll find it at the foot of the cross this morning.
I'm telling you, God changed the trajectory of my family tree. I am here today only because of the grace of God and because somebody that left a legacy of faith for me to follow in. Amen. There was a pattern set and it's found in a covenant relationship with God Almighty. Did you know that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you enter into a covenant with God? And did you know that that covenant is not based upon your performance, but it's based on the performance that Christ already did on the cross of Calvary? You see, when God made a covenant with Abraham, he put Abraham to sleep. How in the world are you going to give Abraham any credit for his part of the deal? He was asleep. Amen. He, there was no way that he had contribute to that covenant. God made an eternal covenant with himself that because Abraham believed God, that God would bless Abraham. And it wasn't based on Abraham's performance. It was based on God's promise. Isn't that a picture of grace? I'm glad to tell you today that I'm blessed beyond measure, not because I'm talented, not because I'm smart, but not because I'm a goody two-shoe. I'm blessed and favored because of the grace of God that's been bestowed in my life today. And you can experience the same blessings in your life. I'm telling you, God is good. And God is great. And He wants to bless you. And He has left a pattern for us. He has given us some clues and some hints in our past legacy of faith. I like the, the perpetual progression in our text. Abraham left a pattern. Isaac followed the pattern. Then verse 19, his servants followed the pattern of Isaac. Do you see, do you begin to see uh, that because uh, Isaac followed in his daddy's footsteps, then his servants followed in Isaac's footsteps? Uh, they saw Isaac digging wells. Uh, and they said, I think if Isaac can dig a well, maybe I can dig a well for myself too. Amen. Uh, and I'm telling you, mom and dad, if you'll get a hold of God uh, and watch God bless your life, you'll set a pattern in your life uh, that your children one day soon or later they'll know where home is they'll know where the blessings are and one day when they're crying themselves to sleep in the midnight hour the seeds of God's word have been sown and they'll know who to pray to and they'll know who to call because you left a legacy for them I don't know about you, but I want this generation to know that real, real prosperity is found at the foot of the cross and through the blood of Jesus Christ Amen Proverbs 22 and verse 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. Let me tell it to you this way. They're called landmarks for a reason. The landmarks that our fathers left for us, uh, uh, that is the past speaking to the present about the way to progress. There's a reason uh, that they set up memorials uh, so that we, uh, the future generation, can look back uh, and I thank God that a lot of them put our history etched in stone so it wouldn't be very easy for those to go and come behind us and erase us of our history. Amen. And by the way, they're trying to do that today. They're trying to erase our history. They're trying to erase our legacy. They're trying to, dis they're trying to disenfranchise us from the blessings that came down through sacrifice and through blood and sweat and tears of our forefathers that paved the way for us and, and led landmarks so that we could find our way through to our prosperity in this generation but God give us some people that'll say not on my watch amen I'm going to teach my children the price that went into this legacy and I'm going to be willing to pay the price and I'm going to set up more memorials for the next generation and God forbid that we allow people to rob us of our rich spiritual heritage today 
tonight. I'm preaching to America. Are you hearing me today, America? The communist regime of the world today wants us to forget where we came from, wants to rewrite our history books and make us believe that we don't have anything to be proud of in the past. But the devil is a liar. I've done read some of the history books. Amen. I know what our founding fathers had with the true and living God. And they left a landmark after landmark after landmark pointing us to the God of our the God our creator pointing us to the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and I don't care what you read in your modern history books today they're lying to you we have a goodly heritage and it's about time we quit apologizing for it and we start thanking God for what he passed down to us amen and quit being embarrassed about our legacy I'm talking about a heritage that we can be proud of not, uh, not in the sense of the kind of pride that's sin, but something you can be thankful for. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Amen. Uh, but we have a legacy, and you can't trust a lot of your modern history books today. And I'm still in the Bible this morning, by the way. I, I'm, I'm right here where God's people had a chance uh, uh, to either continue in the footsteps of their forefathers uh, so that they could continue in the blessings that were laid out for them or they could part ways. Uh, and much of the trouble that America is in today is because they have decided to walk away from the gods of our forefathers. They have decided to pave their own path to their own idea of what prosperity is. And newsflash, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. It's time that we we repent. It's time that we beg God for forgiveness and bring us back to the place that we used to be. Amen. It's time that we put prayer back in schools. It's time that we put Bibles back in school. It's time that we quit apologizing for putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the only one that can bless us as a nation today. Oh, my heart is heavy for our country right now. May God help us to turn our hearts back to Him and find that pattern that those men of God laid before us in days gone by. Amen. Now, let me say this. The pattern was given, but not the prosperity itself. The pattern was given. Because if you don't have the, the principles of prosperity in your soul... And if you don't appropriate your faith in the right place and in the right person, a.k.a. Jesus, <laughs> amen, then you may call it prosperity, but it's on shifting sand. It's just temporary. Amen. And uh, if you don't have those principles, you can give a billion dollars to somebody that's broke today. And because they don't understand the cost of prosperity... In about a year time, they done blowed it all. And you will think, under God, how can you blow a billion dollars? But I promise you, if you don't understand prosperity, you can do it. And you can do it quicker than you think. Amen. Because you don't value or understand the cost that's associated with prosperity that God wants to bless you with. So number one, we see the pattern. But number two, I want to talk about the, the price for just a minute. Look at verses 20. And verse 21, uh, and the herdmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. My goodness. And they called the name of the well Esau because they strove with them. And they digged another well and strove for that also. You see the fighting and the quarreling. And, and he called the name of it Sitna. You see here then uh, that 
patterns are costly and patterns are in high demand. Patterns are costly and in high demand. Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. Uh, you know what the average American today that just graduated from a secular college would have done in this condition? They would have stayed and fought over those wells. They would have. Well, that's my well. Amen. And many of us would have done the same thing. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please, prayerfully, consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Cottle Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.